0: So over the years, it's really become my greatest passion to help others get to know Jesus through his word and through his presence. Through this podcast, I'm hoping to help you see the word of God with fresh eyes, to learn to slow down with your Bible, and ultimately to fall in love with your Bible. So thank you so much for joining me today. I'm so grateful to have you here. Today, we are going to talk about refusing to compare our journey with Jesus to another person's journey with Jesus. So often when we start out in any habit, um, but I think especially spiritual habits, we look down the road, we see people who are maybe a little further along, and we want to be where they are. And our tendency as humans is to compare and then to despair. We often want to be where other people are, but we don't always want to put in the legwork that it took to get where they are. Years ago at a ladies' event, my pastor's wife quoted something she had heard that said, don't compare your beginning to somebody else's middle. And I think that is so, so, so important with this habit of Bible reading and prayer. Some of this is going to have a little bit of carryover to things that I talked about in the episode um, called Starting Small. But I think there's definitely some additional things to be discussed today you're going to get where other people are that are ahead of you or further down the road than you by doing what other people did. It's that simple. If you want to be a prayer warrior, you're going to, be, you're going to pray. If you want to be a student of the Word of God, you're going to study the Word of God. It really is just that. And there are so many times, like I've already said, where we just look ahead and we see other people where they are and we want to, again, be where they are. Paul told us to compare ourselves among ourselves is not wise. And the reason he said that is because comparison really has two ultimate ends. You can either feel better than the other person, which is pride, or you can feel worse than the other person, which is pride in reverse. They're both pride and you're comparing yourself and leveling yourself against where somebody else is. Comparison also causes divisions, it causes distraction, it gives us that sense of competition. And this is not a competition. Our walk with Jesus is a relationship. Theodore Roosevelt is quoted as saying, "'Comparison is the thief of joy.'" And I really think that's true, not just in spiritual disciplines, but in so many areas of lives. We can become discontent with our homes, with the relationships in our lives, with our bodies, with so, so, so many things when we compare what we have to what other people have. And it robs us of the joy of the life that we do have. And when it comes to our walk with God, that is so key because what comparison does is it robs us of the joy of just walking with Jesus today, enjoying this moment, enjoying this journey. Jesus wants us to enjoy being with him. He wants us to enjoy walking with him and enjoy all the moments on this journey to heaven. Obviously, there are difficult ones, but we're walking hand in hand with him. I put down just a couple of steps, kind of practical, more practical things that we can remember when we're refusing to compare our walk with God with someone else's. First of all, we have to adjust our expectations to our season and how long we've been on the journey. If you've been praying for a week. Don't expect to have this incredibly deep prayer warrior lifestyle. It takes some time to get there. If you're a mom with young kids, understand that you're going to have to stay flexible. And sometimes you pray in the morning and sometimes you pray at nap. And sometimes you're lucky if you read three verses. If you are are in all sorts of different seasons. You're going to have to adjust your expectation to that season and know that God is not a slave driver. I think that that has been so freeing for me to understand that God is not upset with me when my schedule or my snooze button shortens my time with him or maybe eliminates it even for that day, sadly. Sadly. He's not a slave driver. He's so grateful for the time we choose to spend with him, for the time that we choose to seek him. Also, number two, let God show you what he wants for you and then pursue it. You don't have to sound like somebody else. You don't have to study like somebody else. You don't have to write like somebody else. You don't have to have the same ministry as somebody else. God created you with a unique design, with unique DNA with a unique purpose and a unique plan and your relationship with him is going to be unique and after a pattern that suits you kind of tagging off of that number three bear in mind that bible reading and prayer is a means to relationship it's very personal very individual no two relationships are alike and again don't expect it to look like somebody else's the elements and the components are going to be the same read your Bible, pray, communicate with the Lord fast. Those things are going to be key components, but there will be a very personal aspect of it. Number four, don't fuel the lie that you're not doing enough. And I kind of mentioned this earlier when I said God is not a slave driver, but the enemy loves to discourage people by telling them they're not reading enough chapters. They're not getting up early enough. They're not Studying the way they should. The list could go on and on. And don't allow your flesh to fuel that lie that you're being told. Shut it down. Shut it down with the Word of God, like we talked about last week. You're just making steps. You're walking with Jesus today, and then you're going to get up and walk with Him tomorrow, and you're going to make some steps the next day. It's a journey, it's a process. Number five, allow others' walks with God to inspire you without being discouraged by it. And that's a choice. When we look down the road and we see somebody 20 yards ahead or two miles ahead, let's be inspired by that. They didn't give up. They didn't get up, give up in the difficult times. They're up there ahead, and if they made it, I can make it. Don't despair because you're not there. Number six, and wow, that rhymed. That was kind of fun. Number six, know your personality. Know what works for you and don't expect yourself to be anybody else. Pretty straightforward. Um, And number seven, look at Jesus, not others. The Bible commands us to look unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. And if we can just keep our eyes on him, that's where the power is. That's where our source is. That's where our supply is. He's the prize that we are aiming to get to. He is the one who walks with us every step of this way. So we just keep our eyes on him, not on circumstances, not on others or where we feel like we should be. We're just walking daily to please him and to know him. So again, I just want to remind you, if you are trying to walk with Jesus, if you're doing your best, if you're daily taking steps in the right direction, you are doing great. Keep making improvements, keep making baby steps, keep heading the direction that you want to end up at. You're gonna get there. You don't have to be at the end of the journey. You don't even have to be at the middle of the journey yet. Just keep moving forward. Today, I am going to share an unedited journal entry that I wrote some time back called Now and Then. It doesn't tie in directly, but a little bit of a correlating thought. So without further ado, this is called Now and Then. Thinking so much of what I don't know and what I don't see when meeting, dealing with, and interacting with other people. Thinking of the things others might say. You see me now, but you don't know. You see my hostility to the gospel. You see me holding a sign with opposing political views. You see me put together, driving a BMW or a Tesla. You see the despair in my eyes and the hopelessness etched on my face. You see me laughing and holding the cocktail, having fun. You see me racing through my life, busy, 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 hoping to forget the past and ignore the panic of the future. You see me with a smile. You see me with a cigarette. You see me sitting on the chair next to you at church and you hear me sing. You see my right now, but you don't know. You don't know that I was molested for years as a child. You don't know that I'm falling apart inside, questioning if there's any larger meaning to life, wondering if there's any purpose in all this pain. You don't know that I lost my daughter five years ago and my heart feels like it will never recover. You don't know that my dad walked out when I was 10 You don't know that I'm wrestling, feeling alone, abandoned, and unlovable. You don't know that I've thought about ending it all. You don't know that I'm in the darkest, lowest time of my life. You don't know that I've been praying for a ray of hope. You don't know the crazy path that led to this addiction. Never thought it would lead here. You see my right now. But you don't know how I got here, and you don't know what God can do with my right now. You don't know that you are the answer to my prayer for a ray of hope. You don't know that this pain is simply preparation. You don't know that 10 years from now, on the other side of this now, I'll be a preacher of truth. You don't know that God is going to heal the broken places of my soul that I had long thought irreparable. You don't know the glory God is going to get out of my now. You don't know that my addiction, my issues, my struggles, my dark night are going to turn around for the good of others and God's eternal purpose. You see my now, but you don't know what the power of God can do in my future. Let this be a reminder to me to never render a verdict on a person because of what I see in the moment. Oh yes, judge righteous judgment. There are observations to be made by the fruit of a person's life, but never discount the power of the grace of God to change and redirect and transform a now into a then. I don't know how you got to your now, but I also don't know how God can weave it into an incredible future. Don't judge a whole life by this moment or by a season. Abraham, I see you coming out of Hagar's tent, but this now will not stop God from fashioning you into the father of the faithful. Jacob, I see you deceiving, wrestling, running, but this now will not disqualify you from fathering the 12 tribes of Israel. It won't keep God from changing your name. Joseph, I see you in a dungeon, alone, forgotten, But the now of an undeserved prison sentence will not stop the dream God gave you from being fulfilled. It will not hinder you leading a world superpower. Samson, I see the now of your head on Delilah's lap. But this life of failure cannot stop you from going out as a man of faith. David, I see you leering from the palace roof. I see you slip that death sentence into Uriah's hand. But this now will not define you. This now will not determine God's opinion of you. He will still call you a man after his own heart. Esther, I see that you were orphaned and raised far away from home. I know the ache in your heart must have been great. But the now of your story doesn't stop the fact that you were brought to the kingdom for such a time as this. Mary Magdalene or the other unnamed woman of the city, which was a sinner. I see your line of work. I see your reputation, but your now will not stop your worship from being a memorial. It will not stop your story from always being told. Your worship from your now has eternal ramifications. Peter, I see you sinking. I hear you cursing and denying, but your now cannot delete your call. Your now did not stop you from preaching the first apostolic message of all time or from seeing the first outpouring of the Spirit. Saul, I see you holding those coats. I see you breathing out threatenings and slaughters. But your now will not deter you or deter God from using you as a chosen vessel. It will stop him. Technical difficulties. Let me back up. Your now will not deter God from using you as a chosen vessel. It won't stop him from changing your name and revolutionizing your future. It won't keep you from writing much of the New Testament. It won't hinder the influence of your ministry throughout the centuries. Rather, the weakness and dependence produced by these nows will fuel the impact of your life. Saul will not keep you from becoming Paul. Job, I see you sitting in dust and ashes. I see you reduced to nothing in the wake of a devastating loss. But your now will allow for a double portion then. Your now will be the very thing that God uses to impact the untold masses who will read of your trial in his word. Your now will see you say, Blessed be the name of the Lord and i know that my redeemer lives john i see you on the island of patmos abandoned exiled forgotten but this now cannot blind you to a greater revelation of him it will not keep you from seeing new dimensions of god and from a deeper knowledge of the unfolding events of the time of time in the expanse of eternity No now can stop the plans and purpose of God. No now has to be the end. Your now will become a then. Disclaimer, this does not mean live in unrepentant sin and expect God to engineer some happy ending. Unrepentant sin, a lifestyle of sin, will only lead to destruction, consequences, and to divine judgment here or in eternity. However, what I am saying is that no dark night, no trial, no failure, no season of heartbreak has the ability to determine your future. God can take the wildest, weirdest, most painful seasons of your life and transform and revolutionize them into something we'd never dream. No now has ever limited him. When our nows are surrendered, he makes them thens. We must put our nows at his feet and walk in humility, repentance, and acceptance. I won't render a verdict by what I see now. I will render a verdict on the faithfulness of God who will take this now and make it a then. Again today, that was called now and then. I know it's often easy to look at the moment or look at where we are on the journey and forget that there is an afterward. There's something better coming. And again, don't render a verdict on your whole life by where you are right this moment. Today, I just felt to send out a simple reminder to keep your eyes on the prize. The prize is Jesus. Just walk with him today. Walk with him again tomorrow. And remember, don't judge your whole life by what you see right now. God still takes surrendered nows and turns them into purposeful thens. Thank you so much for joining me for this journey. I look forward to meeting up with you again next Friday. If you have questions or to download a typed or a handwritten transcript of today's entry, you can visit MegUNedited.com. For now, go grab your journal and your Bible. I look forward to the power of this habit in your life. This is unedited. This is for you. Happy Friday.